This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at McKansas 15, 10, 5, snowshoes, touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked out Bishop the age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh, oh, are you serious? Slam jam back! Get him ready for the NBA Duncan contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, and he certainly will be this week, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, are you excited? It's state tournament time. We're making our way to Emporia. We've got a 3 o'clock game. You feel it yet? Or are you all amped up? Well, you know, uh, my, you sound ver- like it. my very first year here, I went to Emporia, the state championship uh, game. McPherson girls, of course, made the state championship game. So no reason in my 40th year... You know, we can't book in those, have a state championship game potentially. Well, no book in yet, Steve. Don't, well, don't, don't in, go anywhere. Book in the even, you know, the, 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 the uh, you know, like one and t- 10 and 20 and, you know. You're making me incre- nervous there for inc- a minute. Increments. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> you are not going anywhere. Well, Steve, we're excited to make the trip over to Emporia today, and we will talk a little bit about the Bullpups and their matchup with Topeka Seaman here in a moment. But the biggest storyline of the day for you I'm sorry, Steve. I really am. The streak is over. And you, 14 years down the toilet. And you didn't believe me yesterday. You were adamant that I kept saying, no way KU wins. And obviously, KU must have been listening to me because no way did they show up last night. That was Holy as, cow. That was as dead team walking as a performance as I've seen in a long time. Uh, Brady Manick came out, hit like four. Larry Bird. Came out and hit like four threes early. They were down double digits, I think, by the first TV timeout. Bill Self used basically all his timeouts in the first half, and the second half, I've never seen, I've never heard a crowd when KU's on the road like so dead. I mean, they were just dominating the game, and I think maybe the maybe the OU fans were just stunned that it was so easy because you know they weren't very excited throughout the game. They didn't have a full house, and. Uh, it was just a dismantling from the start. That was a really, 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 really poor KU performance. And I'm not trying to come out here and act like KU has done that all year long, but when they've gone on the road in Big 12 play, they have had a couple of games like this where they were just flat, they couldn't make any shots, they couldn't play any defense, and I think the defensive effort is what this came down to, Steve, is that they did not play a lick of defense last night and oh, you made them pay. Yeah, and and also the three point shooting on KU's end. I think they were three of twenty four at one time. I think they ended up what five of twenty seven. Seven of thirty one is what they seven, ended up. Seven of thirty one. Well, thirty one threes is way 
too many. When you got Diedrich Lawson inside, first half he, he gets four shot attempts. This is a guy that's you know averaging almost 20 points a game, and they were just hatching it from the outside. And remember, Bill Self was starting four freshmen last night, and their names aren't Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Tyus Jones, and whoever the other freshman is starting for Duke. I mean, these are freshmen. Ochai Abaji wasn't even playing the first, what, 12 or 13 games. He was games. a red shirt. He was a red shirt. David McCormick, he's rawer than a steak that's been in the freezer for, you know, 10 years. And then <laughs> Devon Dotson, I'll give him credit. He's had a really nice freshman year. Really, bad night last night. He had a bad night last night, but an exciting player. And then poor Quentin Grimes. I mean, I've never seen a guy whose confidence has been absolutely shattered. And, you know, KU fans don't really help any, you know, when they're constantly bashing him. He's only an 18-, 19-year-old guy, but he is totally mind-blown. He made one play last night. He jumped in the air and was going to make a pass, and there was nobody there to pass it to, so he just comes down and gets called for a walk. <laughs> I think he made one <laughs> shot all night. This is the guy that, you know, it makes these recruiting services look really silly because they had him number eight in the country, and right now he can't even he's, – he's only starting out of – you know, necessity, because they just have nobody else. Steve, I want to talk a little bit about the other side of this regular season streak coming to an end with Texas Tech and K-State and what they have to do in order to win the Big 12 coming up over the weekend. But I want to talk about KU a little bit more first, because this is the end of an unbelievably impressive streak. And when I think back to the beginning of the year, and we've talked about it a couple of times, that I had the opportunity to go watch this team practice in October, November, whenever it was, right before their season began. I think they were going to play Washburn or whoever their MIAA opponent was. They were going to play them the next day. So I saw this team at the very beginning of this season. And after reading everything I had read on them and all these recruits that were coming in, all of these five-star, four-star McDonald's All-Americans, I watched this group practice and I went, there is no way that this team does not win the Big 12. And in my opinion, I thought they were more impressive looking and deeper than what Duke was going to end up being. And when I saw this group, I didn't see really any chance that they could fall off. Well, you saw Adoka Azabuki. You right. saw Silvio DeSosa. Right. You saw LeGerald Vick. Right. So, I mean, those guys weren't even around at the end. And and Azabuki, remember, KU did not lose a single game that Azabuki played in. They were 9-0 in the games he played in. And the Sosa would have been a real, you know, he, he really came on at the end of last year. He'd been a real powerhouse inside. In fact, I, at the start of the year, we were saying, how is Bill Self going to keep everybody happy? He's got so many players. I thought Mitch Lightfoot was going to end up being redshirt. I did too. And I at, really did. And at the end of the year, it was about seven players, basically, because K.J. Lawson and Charlie Moore were so bad. I mean, they just gave nothing when they were on the floor. That's why they had to take the redshirt off of Baji. I mean, that's why Abaji redshirted because in the preseason there were so many outstanding players that there was just it been a wasted year for him. So might as well redshirt him, let him get in Hootie's weight program and get strong. Of course, he's a strong guy anyway. But you know, there's another guy. You know, he had that great stretch of about seven or eight games. I think he had thirty in one game, twenty-four. He hit the wall. I mean, at the end of the year, he'd lost all his confidence. This was a team that. Basically, confidence-wise, it just their confidence got shattered. So if I look back at this team for KU this year and, and I look at what went wrong, obviously I think the number one thing that hurt this team 
is Yudoka Azubuki being sure, hurt. Sure. I, I think if he is in this lineup regularly, even though he had his weird problems at times at the free throw line, he was just such a presence on the court. Well, they don't lose five games in the conference. There's no way. They might lose five, but at this point they're six, and they, they might have been at the top. I don't know if they lose this streak if he is on the floor for right. them. I don't think they lose at West Virginia. I don't think they lose the game last night if Azubuki's on the and floor. Then, but, you know, K-Stater will say, we didn't have Dean Wade for, you know, several games. We didn't have Kamal Stokes. You have you know, you got to play with the cards you're dealt, and uh, KU just didn't play very – they didn't adjust very well. So I think maybe that's the number one reason. But in my opinion, the number two reason why this team could not get it done and why the streak comes to an end this year, to me, is Quentin Grimes. Right. Not being what they needed him to be. Right. Because I think the way that – Coach Self recruited, and the way they set this year up was for Quentin Grimes to be the star. Right. Quentin Grimes to be the guy. And the way this team looks on paper and the way his game should be is that Quentin Grimes is an 18, 16 point per game guy. Right. He was on the floor. I mean, they were just, they recruited him for one year, one and done. And that he comes in, runs the show. You have a great true point guard in Devon Dotson, but Quentin Grimes is going to be your guy. Right. And because he was not, I feel like that is the reason why things have sort of spiraled. And I know some people are throwing out the claim, well, it's all because LeGerald Vick came back. He screwed up the team's chemistry. No, having LeGerald Vick on the team in what would have been sort of a role a third player, mentor, a fourth, a and a fourth mentor, guy, and a mentor. I think he's a good guy to have around. Yeah. But because things were not going well, it made things interesting. But I really do think that Quentin Grimes not being what the McDonald's All-American and USA National Team member. Right. He was the this best player was, on the USA National Team this summer. Coached by Bill Self. Right. I think him not living up to what he was expected to be is what changed this team the most. And I'm not trying to put all this pressure on him and make it sound like it's all his fault, but there was all this pressure, and there was this hype, and there was this expectation for him to be at a certain level. And it's not like he's just been average. He's been really below average. Yeah, he really has. And I think that's what has hurt this KU team the most. Now, I jokingly said last night when I was watching the game with you, Maybe this is the team that they have this horrific regular season, they lose their streak, and then all of a sudden they get it together and they figure it out in the tournament. And you shook your head at me last night and laughed. No You're way. You're shaking your head at me now. No way. You don't have any faith in them. This is this team this team's done. They're finished. They're gonna go in the Big Twelve tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose first round, and then I wouldn't be surprised if they lose in the first round of the NCAA. What type of seed do you think they'll end up at? I think the they'll, they'll drop. Five. They'll be a five. Yeah. They'll I, be. Have they been a five under Bill Self? Oh, I know I'm, one of those I'm Bucknell sure or Bradley years. They were a four. And that's what this this is. This season is comparing to that season because that Bucknell season, KU had a big lead in the Big Twelve. I think they lost four of their last six. Ended up sharing the championship. I think they were they had like no they were undefeated and then absolutely tanked at the end of the year. And you just the body language, you know, I'm a big believer in body language. You are. And you saw that team walk off the court. That looked like a team to me that was ready to get the season over with. I think they're ready to get the heck out of the Lloyd Noble Center. Right. And clear out the floor for three Taylor and eight, Robertson three to make and some eight shots. On, three and eight on the road. I mean That's rough. That that's just 
That's horrible. So now, Steve, we turn our direction to the two teams that are left in the regular season standings and a chance to win the regular season title, the first team to win it outright in more than 15 years other than Kansas. So as we look at these two teams that are left, you've got a Texas Tech team that has to go on the road to Ames, Hilton Magic, a place that is so tough to win, or a K-State team that is at home on senior day with a ton of seniors against an Oklahoma team that is decent, but they are not a world-beater team for sure. Do you feel like this is K-State's year? Do you feel like they're going to get it done on senior night? Oh, I have Or no are doubt. you a little bit afraid that they're going to split? I, I think what happened with OU against KU, OU just absolutely lit it up. They're going to go into Manhattan, and they're not going to make shots. Brady Manick, he probably won't Larry even, Bird. He probably won't hardly make a shot. K-State's defense is so much better. And, you know, I, I've been saying all along, Texas Tech's going to lose Iowa State. But, you know, the more I watch this Texas Tech team, I think they're the best team right now. I think They're good. They'll win the Big 12 tournament. I really believe that. I think right now they're playing at a higher level than K-State. Um, they're just – I mean, I think when they play, if they meet in the Big 12 championship game, I think you're going to see a game like 52-50 because they are just two tremendous defensive basketball teams. I think they're both ranked in the top five in – in, on the defensive average list in the in I would the country. think they both have to be way up yeah, on the list. Yeah, I think so. Steve, the team that you've liked a lot of this year is Iowa State. I have. That's a team that you've been high on. Are you, are you backing off of that horse a little bit? I am. Um, they've just, I don't know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, they've lost, I believe, three or four games at, at Ames. And, you know, they just don't do that. They're like KU at Allen Fieldhouse. They always protect their home turf. But they don't have an inside presence, and it's really started to show. You know, they're a team that kind of relies on the three-point shot, and that three-point shot has kind of dried up. And then they're, they have a freshman that's really good, but he's kind of hit the wall. I just think right now this I, – I, I've been saying all week that Texas Tech was going to lose, and the more I thought about it, I think it's going to end up with a share. I think both teams – you I, think both teams are I think going both, to win. I think both teams are going to win on Saturday. But I think the most likely – I mean – the one scenario I can see more than the other is K-State. I see them winning more. Texas Tech could win, but it wouldn't surprise me if Iowa State does. Would you be surprised if both teams lost? Oh, I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned. What about if K-State loses and Texas Tech wins? Do you think you would be surprised by that? Yeah, I would because I, th- I just think the thing is, though, Lon Kruger going back, to, going back to Manhattan. You know, he's got a chance to knock his alma mater out. Alma mater out. And uh, I guarantee his guys, they'll be they'll play. But, you know, you watch that OU team last night. They spanked KU, but they did a lot of things that really should have allowed KU to hang around. They took some really bad shots. Well, some really wide open they're shots. Not, they're, yeah, they're not, they're not a great rebounding team. So it's an OU team that's a very fringe NCAA tournament team. But that tells you about KU, and it also tells you the OU fans didn't storm the court. You know, like, didn't they do it at Manhattan? I think they stormed the court at Manhattan when I'm they sure beat they KU. Did. But nobody stormed the court at the end of the year. I mean, Steve doesn't like when people storm the court. Yeah, it's almost like KU was, they at the end of the year, they were everybody's candidate for homecoming game. They wanted KU <laughs> on the schedule for their homecoming game. Steve's not a fan of fun or storming the court. I'm snarky. <laughs> you certainly are a little bit snarky. I am snarky. It's been a while since that snarky comment mm-hmm. happened. 
I've been told I'm snarky. Yeah. Uh, whew, whew, you yeah, are. Fan, fan told me I was snarky. I was told by a couple of the McPherson girls basketball coaches yesterday, Steve. Do that, they think I'm snarky? Well, no. That they, th- <laughs> they think you need to watch The Office. Because really? if you didn't hear us yesterday, Steve said he's not only never seen The Office with Steve Carell, but he's never heard of it. I think you would actually really like it. I think you I th- you would enjoy the humor of it. Real dry humor. Are you familiar with the term mockumentary? No. It is filmed like a documentary would be in an office where they're interviewing people and they're following around what's happening in the workplace, but they call it a mockumentary because it's fake. They're making this documentary, but it's all scripted and it's a TV show. Okay. I think you would really like it. I think you would like Steve Carell a lot. Michael okay. Scott. Okay. We'll have to. He's no Jerry Seinfeld. That's what I grew up on. I think you would like this a little bit better. Okay. It's pretty funny. All right, Steve, we'll take our first break. When we come back, the state tournament begins today in Emporia, and we will take a look at the Bullpups taking on Topeka Seaman. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by. Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, it's one of those exciting days of the year where you get excited to go back to the state tournament. You get that extra jump in your in your step. You're feeling good. Steve's been skipping around the office all afternoon. You're feeling good, Steve. You're ready to go. And going back to White Auditorium, that is one of the really neat places. It's a good place to be. It's, it's a neat place to, to watch a basketball game. It's kind of the old-time arena. It's got the upper deck. Uh, they've done a lot of renovations to it. I'm real curious to see all the changes they made since we were there last time because it was really, to be honest, it was in pretty bad shape when we were there in the 80s. And then they, in the early 80s, and I think late 80s, they started doing some renovations to it. So real curious to see it, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Well, the fun thing about this week, at least in my mind, is that this week is a little bit different than the last couple of state tournaments that McPherson has been in. It feels like the last few state tournaments, the Bullpups have been the chasers. They have been the team that is trying to come from behind and beat Bishop Miege because that was the team that was out in front of them. Miege had won four state championships in a row. You get into state, and the Bullpups were not the number one consensus team the last few years. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, Miege, you know, is easily the number one team. So as you look to this year, McPherson is probably the team to beat. The target is on their back. Now, I know that St. Thomas Aquinas is the three-time defending state champion, but they're the four seed. They've got five losses on the year. You've got a May South team that is undefeated on the court, but they've got some forfeit losses from a transfer rule that happened a couple weeks ago. So they're the five seed, and that game, of course, could be lurking on Friday. But as we look at this team, Steve, they're the top dog, and everybody wants to beat McPherson because they are the defending state champions. And see, I look at it a little bit differently. I still think the Bullpups are the chaser because I think a lot of people are looking at May South 
having been undefeated during the regular season, and they're saying on paper they have five losses. But on the court, they're undefeated. And to me, that's still you know what a lot of teams are pointing to. And then, of course, you got Aquinas being the three-time defending state champion. So I think the Bullpups still are kind of sliding under the radar. Everyone's you know still basking in the glow of the big comeback win over Miege. But I, I think the Bullpups don't have as much pressure on them as a typical number one seed because of this, this mess that May South had. And we'll be able to talk about that a little bit more as this week goes on and hopefully a matchup with either May South or St. Thomas Aquinas coming up on Friday. Steve, I went and watched McPherson's girls practice yesterday afternoon inside the roundhouse as they get ready to take on Topeka Seaman. And I just hope people understand how well-prepared and well-scouted this McPherson team is for Topeka Seaman. And this is a state quarterfinal game of against a team that they have not seen in almost in more than a decade. This is not like they have a scouting report for Bueller or Circle or a team that they see regularly. This is a scouting report that was unbelievably detailed. And I watched them walk all the way through it when it came to inbounds plays and the way they run their offense and the way they set up their pressure defense. It was unbelievably detailed. And I just hope people understand well, you know, that that's not normal. Coach Strathman and his staff, it's not like they learned on Sunday they're playing Topeka Seaman and started preparing for Seaman on Monday. They've been preparing for Seaman, Aquinas, May South. They've been doing a lot of back-checking on those teams for probably well over the last month. They have been garnering information, uh, watching film. You know, they have... They, they kind of split things up sometimes. You know, one coach will take one team, another coach. And if you saw the game against Bishop Carroll, and I, I think I said this yesterday, we were down on the court, and Bishop Carroll would call out a play, and our coaching staff immediately jumped up and said, hey, watch the corner, or, you know, watch the back cut. They're going to run a back cut. I mean, the Bullpups knew about the same time as Carroll did what they were going to run. I mean, it was just like a split second the Bullpups were like a step ahead the whole game. One reason, Carroll was so frustrated and only scored 32 points after just lighting it up all year. And part of this, Steve, is that this is a McPherson team that knows almost every year that they are going to the state tournament. Right. So that they know they have to prepare. And last year, I think in particular, they knew how the field was probably going to fall. And what they were most concerned about was just being on the opposite side of the bracket as Bishop Miege. They didn't care whether they were the one, two, three, or four. It was just if Miege was the two, they didn't want to be the three. Or if Miege was well, the one, they didn't want to be the and four. It, and it helped that they played Miege during the regular season. Right. So they were able to see them there. They were able to see all sorts of film on Labette County. And that was another game where they were just so well prepared. But this is another tournament where the Bullpup girls know exactly what they need to do. And I think this is a team that is so locked in right now, and you could see that against Carroll, that I don't know if, I, I, I want to say this right, I don't know if they're quite as concerned about Topeka Seaman. They're not overlooking them. Right. But this is a team that has its eyes set on the big prize. And we've said it a couple of times that in McPherson, the goal is not to reach the state tournament. Maybe right. in some years it is. Yeah. If it's a down year or a really tough sub-state to get through, the goal is not to make state. The goal is to be playing on Saturday, whether that is in a third-place game or if it's for a state championship, well, and Strath that is the goal this Coach year. Coach Strathman has four goals every season. Win league, win the classic, win the sub-state, and be playing, and be playing on Saturday. 
whether that isn't a championship or a third exactly. place. He wants to be playing on that final day of the year. There's some years where, hey, the other teams are just better and you're playing for third, but he wants to be in that Saturday, you know, final four. What a day it's going to be at basketball today, Steve. And right. we're going to go watch the boys' tournament in Emporia tomorrow. But today, there are going to be four incredible games. Starting off with McPherson and Topeka Seaman starting at 3. At 4.45 might be the marquee day of the game or game of the day. A lot of people are saying it's the championship game. I've seen that several places. That might be a stretch. But well, St. Thomas Aquinas taking on May South. And this is a game that has so much hype surrounding it. And maybe the best thing that could happen for the Bullpups is them win their game, be able to sit back and relax as May South and St. Thomas Aquinas play go 12 a, rounds. Let them play four overtimes or something like that. I think that is what McPherson is probably hoping for. And right. the good thing is that the Bullpups have a great scout on both of those two teams. So that game will happen at 445, May South and St. Thomas Aquinas. Or is it at 430? 445. 445. And the other thing is you get to see those teams in actual person. Right, we, and that's and to me that is a that's the best way to scout is actually seeing the teams in person. Then the six thirty game on the other side of the bracket. So now McPherson, May South, St. Thomas Aquinas, and Topeka Seaman they're all on one side of the bracket. Right. Then at six thirty it goes into the bottom half of the bracket. First game will be Goddard taking on Blue Valley Southwest, and this is a game that I think is the only one in my mind where an upset could really happen. And I would not be surprised at all, Blue Valley Southwest. Blue Valley Southwest is a good team. Goddard is the two seed, but I think they are the team that is maybe the most slept on by everybody. They're the one that's flying under the radar the most. And I think a lot of their knock is that they just haven't played a very tough schedule. Right. So that is a game that's very intriguing in the two versus the seven. So that's at 6.30. Then the late game at 8.15 is Wichita Heights taking on Kansas City Schlegel. Heights is the three seed, Schlegel is the six seed. So if all the top seeded teams win, it would be McPherson against St. Thomas Aquinas in the semifinals on Friday. Then in the other semifinal, it would be Goddard against Wichita Heights. But there are a lot of different games today where I think those pieces could be interchangeable. Well, I really I like Wichita Heights out of the bottom bracket. I do too. I I, I really do. Uh, they've you know they've got a really good pedigree. Uh, they've had they had a they've had a great year. Yeah, they've had an incredible run. They're very athletic. This Blue Valley Southwest team now, Coach Strathman's pretty high on them. Yeah. So uh, and you know I trust Eastern I, Kansas League. I trust Coach Strathman's instincts, and 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 he wouldn't you know he's he wouldn't be surprised if Southwest beats Goddard. Think of the teams that Blue Valley Southwest has to play on a regular basis. These are teams that they are required to play: Bishop Miege, St. Thomas Aquinas. Blue Valley North, who is maybe the best team in 6A on the east side of the state. Those are just three, what about the three mighty regular Olathe season East games. Hawks? Well, the mighty Olathe East Hawks are out of the Sunflower oh, League, okay. so they don't match up all that often. They're well, not required to play I, I just figured it was like all roads leading through Wamigo. I figured All roads know, do lead through Olathe East. Okay, that's what I thought. Go Hawks. They'll be at state <laughs> down in Wichita. There you go. Maybe I'll have to slip back and go watch them at Coke Arena. There you go. That's how I got all of my state tournament experience and my first dipping of the toe in the water yeah. was watching the Olathe East Hawks play at state tournament. My sophomore year, the Olathe East Hawks almost pulled off two unbelievable upsets. The girls played Wichita Heights in 2011, had a chance to win that game and lost. Heights went on to win the state championship. The boys played Wichita Heights in the semifinals too that year 
and had a chance to beat Perry Ellis, Evan Wessel, mm -hmm. that really good yeah. 2011 Wichita right. Heights team. And Perry Ellis took about 20 free throws in the fourth quarter sure. and willed his team to a win. So that, that was my first taste of the state tournament. Well, we're going to be going back. I know the old-timers will remember, though, 81 and 82. That was some of the most memorable basketball games in the history of McPherson girls basketball because there was the big win over Miege. I think they beat Capon somewhere in there. Beating Newton in the championship game in 82, 36-35. I mean, you know, they'd already played a couple times or three times during the season. I think maybe it was their fourth meeting because McPherson used to go to the Newton tournament all, every year. So it might have been their fourth meeting of the year. I can't remember for sure, but I know it's at least their third meeting. And that was probably, for a lot of people, their first really positive experience with girls' basketball. Right. It was probably the first time that they went, okay, this is a lot of fun, yeah. and this team is really good. Yeah. This is, a, this is a heck of a ride. And now we're to a point where – all that excellence is kind of expected here. Right. And, and I said, you know, it's really the McPherson basketball programs, it's almost unfair. The unrealistic expectations year after year, they are wildly, you know, the expectations are out of control. But it just seems like the teams always come through and, and do what the uh, fans think they're going to do. Well, when you make the state tournament 24 out of 27 yeah. years, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah, and the boys have been there a gazillion times. <laughs> All right, Steve, we'll take one more break. Wrapping up today's show after this, you're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, we'll be honest with the listeners. We're recording this a little early right, today. It's right. about 10 o'clock, yeah. and we're going to make the trip over to Emporia here Have pretty soon. Have a little soon. lunch before we go to the White Auditorium. Get a little lunch, settle in. We are very excited about a really fun game today. And we'll take be, the air at 2.30. Yeah, and there's going to be a fun game out at Hayes, too. That's true. The Inman Boys. They played 630, 630 against Plainville. Right. Mason Thiessen, Peyton Fraze, Jackson Eddy, the emerging freshman Jace Dirksen. Uh, the Teutons are the number one seed. It should be a very, very fun week of covering these two teams because not very often do you get two number one seeds in one area. And the Inman boys, I know that they lost to the second seeded Hutch Trinity Celtics earlier this year. But I would love to see them match up again because I, I, I really believe the Inman boys have a chance to win it and all. And that game was 40-40 right. late. And then Trinity outscored them 9-1 to close the game out. I think they've got a great chance. And yeah. so that one will be going on at 6.30. That is out at Hayes. The Bullpup Girls at 3 o'clock today. Steve, can we just encourage people that at about 2.55 today, whatever you're doing at work, it's not important. It's right. it, It's not important. Turn up the radio. Would this make for an episode of The Office? I think they could make it in there. Okay, all right. Hanging out at the water cooler, listening to the radio. I think there's going to be some excitement today, and I think people need to be listening. Oh, yeah. Maybe there won't be as quite as exciting as the Newton substate win for the boys with a banked-in three-pointer by the bus to force overtime. Oh, yeah. But I think this should be a really fun day of basketball, 
and we will keep you posted with everything going on from Emporia today. Steve, again, tell the people where to go if they need their fix of bullpup basketball and to find out who McPherson could be playing over the weekend. Tell them where to go. MidKansasOnline.com. You need to scroll down because I've written several stories since those stories came out. He's a story-writing machine. Oh, well, but yeah, got a column up on... KU's debacle from yeah, last Yeah, that was night. great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve. Three o'clock, the Bullpup Girls take on Topeka Seaman, trying to reach the final four for the 22nd time in program history. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll see you this afternoon in Emporia. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Next Tech Wireless and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Well, I guess it's-